and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Three o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo show. Cardinals, two games remaining on the season. Two games remaining for everybody on the season. Thank God. <laughs> I know. I know. Thank God. It's It's been a long... And I hate to say, I hate to feel that way. I don't like I, feeling that way. I don't like feeling that way either. I, I, like, I, I like the football. Yeah, I like the football. I like the, the football when it's, when it's relevant, when it's good. And instead, it's become about draft picks and positioning and things like that. And I do wonder if the sentiment is the same in the city that our next guest is about to join us from. <laughs> he is the Falcons reporter for ESPN. Uh, the Cardinals, of course, taking on the Falcons on Sunday morning. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line, Mike Rothstein here on the Burns and Gamble Show. Mike, I'm Dave. This is Tim. Thank you for your time. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I heard a little bit of that intro, and I'll be honest. I mean, listen, no one's more excited than me to watch at least the third biggest sporting event in Atlanta this weekend on Sunday <laughs> behind behind Lakers, Hawks, and uh, I don't know, just small little thing called Georgia and Ohio State. Oh, oh that's right. Um, the big game. The big oh, game. Georgia, right. Ohio State. That's right. You know, we got the, Mike, we got the other semifinal in our oh, backyard. I, t- I used to cover Michigan. I'm very well aware of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen. No, this game is, I mean, from a record standpoint, from a, you know, NFL standpoint, this game means very little, obviously. Um, For Atlanta, at least, guys, listen, it actually means something because Arthur Smith isn't going anywhere. He's trying to build something. Like, this is always going to be a a rebuilding year type situation, even though they didn't want to use the word rebuilding. So they would like to maybe win one of these last two games, if not both of them, because that can give them something to kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, build off of going into 2023 because it's a young team. Right now they're starting quarterback is a rookie. They're starting running back is a rookie. Their number one wide receiver is a rookie. One of their two middle line, inside linebackers is a rookie. Like, there's a lot of youth on this team in their first or second year or rookie contract, but they're trying to build something, and I would imagine that they come out playing honestly pretty inspired because we've seen that this year, even during a streak where they have only won once since November since November 1st. So that's, okay, obviously then the Falcons are in a very different set of circumstances than the Cardinals. There, There's no massive overhaul being discussed. There's no massive overhaul coming. It, it really is truly about a, 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 a hierarchy that is in place and using these last two games to build upon what you've got as opposed to kind of what we're doing around here wondering, you know, how deep the changes are going to go, how wide they cut across the organization, how many different changes there are. You, that That is not what the Atlanta Falcons, that's not the situation they're in at all with two games to go. No, not, not even close. Understand, guys, this is a roster and a team that a lot of people expected to be the worst in the NFL, if not the second worst, behind Houston. Like their roster, they, they they gutted the roster. They came into the season with like around eighty million dollars in dead cap, and they had one of the most cap rooms in the NFL. There was very little on the outside expected this year, and this team started off pretty good. They were four and four. Then Marcus Mariota, their then starting quarterback, started to play really poorly. Teams started to figure it out a little bit. They lose Kyle Pitts for the season. 
And even though they weren't throwing to him a ton, so his stats weren't great, he was drawing a lot of attention. And their offense just sputtered and stuttered until they were at the point where they had to bench Marcus Mariota for Desmond Ritter, the rookie third-round pick out of Cincinnati. And since then, it's become as much of an evaluation of Ritter as it is trying to win games. And you're starting to see steps from Desmond Ritter. And all of these things are positives for the Falcons, although at the end of the day, they're still losing games. But, again, this is a team that a lot of people thought was going to win two or three games this year, and they've won five. So, and, you know, they up until last week or two weeks ago, they were potentially a playoff team because the NFC South is atrocious. Yes. I love the fact the Panthers were 5-9. and nine. They still control their own destiny in the playoffs. They do still control their I own know, destiny. I know. I, listen, I loved, you mentioned the leading receiver being a rookie. You're talking about Drake London. I loved him at USC. Uh, he's having a monster year. He's, 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 caught, up. he's caught 61. They, they targeted him 101 times. He remind, he's going to remind uh, fans of, of the Cardinals of a guy who used to play here for a long, long time, Larry Fitzgerald. He's that big. He's that good. Let me that, ask, those are... Guys, those are lofty comparisons to fit. Yeah, he's. I mean, that's like he's, you're, he's big and physical. I, I don't though. know if I go that far. Yeah, he, he just re, he reminds me of him. I, I, listen, he's. Well, I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame yet, like Fitz, but he reminds me of that. Just a big, physical, skilled wide receiver in that in that mold. Hey, I'm just giving him a compliment. I'm giving him a compliment. He's not there. Oh, no, listen. He's not there yet. He just re- he just remind. He's not even Julio Jones yet. I mean, he's well, not- I mean Julio Jones is a top five receiver all time. Exactly. I mean, so listen. Here's here's the deal. If Drake London ends up being seventy five to eighty percent of Larry Fitzgerald or Julio Jones, the Atlanta Falcons are going to dance their way from Flowery Branch where they practice right down 85 to Mercedes-Benz Stadium over the next decade. Yeah. Because that means they got a guy who's uh, a Pro Bowl receiver multiple times. Yeah. My- like Drake London's pretty good. He has to work on some fumbling issues that he's, he fumbled once in three years at USC or two and a half because he got the ankle injury that ended his last season. He's fumbled three times and all in critical situations this year. Uh, but other, other than that, he's been real good. Like he he doesn't get the attention that Chris Olave gets or Garrett Wilson gets because they're not putting up the numbers offensively or in the passing game. But this guy is what they wanted in terms of a receiver, and you can tell he can play. I told you he was real good. Anyway, hey, uh, Desmond, Desmond, Desmond Ritter, uh, it's been a small sample size in the NFL, obviously. Sure. But from what, what you've seen, I, I guess it's really kind of a two-part question. Do you, Mike, do you see potential quarterback of the future, and what do you think the organization sees in Desmond Ritter as they kind of watch this guy? Yeah, I'm going to say to be determined, I think on both counts, right? From an organizational standpoint, the sense I get from talking with people in the building uh, publicly and privately is that they have a lot of hope with Desmond Ritter. They, They believe he's got a chance. And I think what they saw in week one of him starting against the Saints to week two of him starting against the Ravens, again, you're, you're putting him in two hostile road situations. And they saw real growth there from him. And the the thing that they're really big on is that operationally, they're not having a bunch of false starts. They're not having a bunch of, oh, God, take a timeout to get a delay a game. 
he's operationally running things really well. I saw a lot of progress, I thought, from him against the Ravens. Because here's the thing, yeah, he's lost both of his starts, but they're in the Ravens game... Uh, they convert a fourth down early that Drake London fumbles. That changes the game. And remember, there's only one touchdown score between both of those teams. They also got the ball on the one, and there was an intentional grounding call that might be the worst intentional grounding call I've ever seen <laughs> called against Desmond Ritter. I, I, and I've covered football for 20-plus years. Uh so that was the first thing. The second thing was a lot of people, I think, would be talking differently about Desmond Ritter. Drake London, again, doesn't fumble when they're driving down late against the Saints to possibly get a game-tying field goal or game-winning touchdown. They get a fourth-down conversion, and then Drake London fumbles it again in a really difficult situation. So, you know, I think that has maybe would change some of the conversation around Desmond Ritter. I, I like what I've seen so far, but he also hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in two games, but he also hasn't thrown an interception either. His completion percentage is getting better. There are still some some mistake balls that he's throwing. There's still a lot he needs to learn. Early in games, he's he's struggling early in games. Like it's, he's getting off the slow start. Uh, he's making some bad decisions early in games, taking sacks. It, it, it's it seems like he needs time to get comfortable in a game. Yeah. But once he's gotten comfortable in a game, you're starting to see some of the things that you're like, eh, maybe. Like I, I'm not ready to say, okay, he's their starter. Like right now, I, if you ask me today, what do I think they need to do? I think you basically find a you don't take a quarterback to me right now early in the draft. You find a veteran that you feel like good about and say, okay, Desmond Ritter, veteran X, you two are going to compete. And the, your, your hope, obviously, if you are the Falcons, is that Desmond Ritter wins that job and wins it comfortably. But you have that veteran there in case it, it isn't there and it doesn't work. And you can at least say, okay, we can maybe win seven games, eight games with this veteran and show progress. And then you know you need to figure out the quarterback situation after 2023. That is what I would do right now if I were Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. But I am neither one of those guys. My paycheck <laughs> definitely tells me that. Everybody. Clearly, clearly. Mike Rothstein, ESPN Atlanta Falcons reporter, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate it and enjoy covering the third biggest game in Atlanta this weekend. And we appreciate oh, man, the there's gonna be, guys, there, there's going to be plenty of empty seats available if anyone wants to fly from Arizona or, you know, I don't know. Appreciate uh, the, are, you, are you offering to let us stay at your house while we're there? Is it, you offering the guest room too, Mike, or are we good? Uh, the, the, you can have the non-existent guest room if you want. My good. balcony is very, very comfortable, oh, sure especially it because it it's been like 20 degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Mike. Brother. We appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Have a great New Year, guys. Yeah, you too. too. Mike Rothstein, ESPN Atlanta Falcons reporter, who, by the way, if the season were to end today, Day, the Cardinals have the fourth pick in the draft. The Falcons have the sixth pick in the draft. And there's Mike Rothstein telling you that he doesn't think they would necessarily take a quarterback at number six, which is interesting because the Cardinals, if they're in a trade down situation, you start looking at quarterback needy teams behind them. And the Falcons are one of those teams that maybe they are, maybe they aren't.